hey, if you want a firearm that is easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from our friends at Henry Repeating Arms. Now, it is a portable rifle that you can put together, take apart in just minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case that it comes in. It's so small, you can store it pretty much anywhere. And it's light enough to carry everywhere. Now, it comes in black and two different camo patterns. And you can pick one up for three to 400 bucks, depending on the finish. Check out their videos. Go to their website. It's one word, henryusa.com slash survival. And while you're there, make sure you order their free catalog. Now, Henry makes more than 200 rifles and shotguns and revolvers, all made in America, all backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website, henryusa.com. Get their free catalog. They'll send you free decals and a list of dealers where you are. That's henryusa.com. Free catalog decals for the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. You know, since 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been committed to supporting our nation's first responders and veterans. Now, they are the heroes that put their lives on the line for our communities and our country. Heroes like U.S. Army Major Jonathan Turnbull. Now, Major Turnbull sustained devastating injuries at the hands of an ISIS suicide bomber. Now, the complete loss of his left eye, a puncture to his right eye. He needed more than 20 surgeries and countless hours of rehabilitation. Tunnel to Towers thankfully paid off his mortgage, and they gave him a specially adapted smart home designed for his needs. His home also gives him hope. And with the help of people like you, the foundation supports families like the Turnbulls. Join Tunnel to Towers. This is a great mission. They support America's heroes. They're hoping all of us will donate $11 a month so this great work continues. Their website, the letter T, the number two, the letter T.org. The letter T, the number two, the letter T.org. The letter T, the number two, the letter T.org for the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. Okay, winter is on the way, and if you listen to this show, you know there's only one product that I absolutely rely on when I get a sore throat or a scratchy throat, and that's the delicious Pine Brothers Softish Throat Drops. Now, it's the only throat drop that is ranked number one in throat coating action, number one. And I mean, you can literally feel it, that coating of your throat with their gum acacia, their plant glycerin, and of course, their delicious natural flavors. Now, they're amazing. My favorite is wild cherry and licorice. I also love the honey and licorice. Now, I've turned a lot of people onto Pine Brothers. You want to know the first three things that come out of their mouth? One, they're delicious. I can feel them coat my throat, and wow, they're soft, almost like a gummy bear. Yeah, I know they're soft. That's why they're called Pine Brothers Softish Throat Drops. Now, work with me, people. So this season, look, you're going to have some throat issues and do what I do to soothe my golden throat. I use Pine Brothers Throat Drops. You will love this product. It's worth every penny. You can find Pine Brothers at CBS, Select, Walmart, Target, ShopRite. Why? Because they are the best. Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show Podcast. All right, we're in Cincinnati today in the studios of 550 KRC. Billy Cunningham, great American. Sean Hannity, I want a full report. God bless America is going to be with us in just a minute. But before we get to that, and the vice president-elect and the president-elect are going to be in Cincinnati tonight. We'll be there. But he's speaking at Carrier now in Indiana. Let's dip in. Everybody. 
Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I love that red hat. Thank you, everybody. I want to thank all of the dignitaries that are with us today. We have a whole host. Uh, the mayor and the governor-elect, great people. It's a big victory for the governor-elect. He won very convincingly, so we're very proud of him. And, uh, you know, Mike has been such a wise decision for me. When people were saying, I don't know, how good is he at decision-making, they'd always say, yeah, but he picked Mike Pence. That's a good decision. And everybody loves Mike. He's become something very special. I want to thank Greg Hayes of United Technologies, because when I, when I called him, he was right there. I wish I could have made the call when they were doing their original decision, but it worked out just as well, other than I would have liked to have had an answer a year, a year and a half ago. We had a tremendous love affair with the state of Indiana. Because if you remember during the primaries, this was going to be the firewall. This was where they were going to stop Trump, right? And that didn't work out too well. And uh, it was a firewall for me. It was a firewall. And we won by 16 points. And the election, we just won by 20 points, almost 20 points. And that was some, that was some victory. That's pretty, that's pretty great. And I just love the people, credible people. So I got involved because of the love affair I've had. This has been a very special state to us. And I'll never forget, uh, about a week ago, I was watching the nightly news. I won't say which one. So I don't want to give him credit because I don't like him much, I'll be honest. <laughs> I don't like him, not even a little bit. But they were doing a story on Carrier. And I say, wow, that's something. I want to see that. And they had a gentleman, worker, great guy, handsome guy. He was on. And it was like he didn't even know they were leaving. He said something to the effect, no, we're not leaving. Because Donald Trump promised us that we're not leaving. And I never thought I made that promise. Not with Carrier. I made it for everybody else. I didn't make it really for Carrier. And I said, what's he saying? And he was such a believer. He was such a great guy. He said, I've been with Donald Trump from the beginning. And he made the statement that Carrier is not going anywhere. They're not leaving. And I'm saying to myself, man. And then they played my statement. And I said, Carrier will never leave. But that was a euphemism. I was talking about Carrier like all other companies from here on in because they made the decision a year and a half ago. But he believed that that was, and I could understand it. I actually said, I didn't make it when they played it. I said, I did make it, but I didn't mean it quite that way. So now, because of him, Whoever that guy was, is he in the room by any chance? That's your son. Stand up. You did a good job. You did a great job, right? That's fantastic. And I love your shirt. Oh, wow. Oh, oh, put it on, cameras. Go ahead, put it on. Well, your son is great. And he, and he meant that, didn't he? He really meant it. Uh, at first I said, I wonder if he's being sarcastic because this ship has sailed. And then I said, it was 6.30 in the evening 
And I said, boy, the first thing I'm going to do is go there. And I, I say, do I call the head of Carrier, who's a great guy? But I've always learned i got to call the top. And I heard about Greg Hayes. He's a great executive. You know, I don't know if you know, United Technologies is one of the top 50 companies in the United States and one of the top companies anywhere in the world. They make many other things other than air conditioners, believe me. Their list of companies is incredible. So I called Greg Hayes. I heard of him, but I never met him. And he picked up the phone. Mr. President-elect, sir, how are you? It's wonderful to win. You know, the, think if I lost, he wouldn't have returned my call. I don't know. If, where is Greg? I don't know. Would you return? If I lost and called you, I don't think you would have called. I would have tried for you guys, but I think it would have been tougher, right? What do you think, Greg? Yeah, he's sort of nodding. Yes, you're right. But I called Greg, and I said, uh, it's really important. We have to do something, because you have a lot of people leaving. And you have to understand, we can't allow this to happen anymore with our country. So many jobs are leaving and going to other countries, not just Mexico, many, many countries. And China is making so much of our product that we're closing up a lot of plants. And I mean, I wrote down some numbers that are incredible, but the numbers of manufacturing jobs that are lost, especially in the Rust Belt, and the Rust Belt is so incredible, but we're losing companies. It's, it's unbelievable, one after another, just one after another. So I said, Greg, you got to help us out here. We got to sit down. We got to do something. I said, because we just can't let it happen. Anyway, he was incredible. And he said, I understand. And I said, I wish I made this call a year and a half ago. It would have been a lot easier call. Only because of your son, okay? Believe me. Your son, whoever the hell your son is, these people owe him a lot. And I just went through. He's out in the factory. I thought they were all going to be in this room. This room's not big enough. Yeah, I know. I don't know who arranged that one. Because I had, we just visited a thousand people in the factory that are going wild in the plant. But I will tell you that uh, United Technologies and Carrier stepped it up. And now they're keeping, actually, the number is over 1,100 people, which is so great. Which is so great. And. And I see the people. I shook hands with a lot of the people. They're right behind us working. I guess, what is it? You're, you're so, you're making so many air conditioners, you didn't want to even have them come off for a half hour. He's a ruthless boss. He's ruthless. But that's okay. You know, I did say one thing to the carrier folks and to the United Technologies folks. I said, the goodwill that you have engendered by doing this all over the world, frankly, but within our country, you watch how fast you're going to make it up, because so many people are going to be buying carrier air conditioners. You know, uh, we've had such help here. Bobby Knight. Nobody in Indiana ever heard of Bobby Knight. How great is Bobby Knight? <laughs> Lou Holtz, Gene Cady. We had such incredible support. But I'll never forget, a friend of mine called up and said during the primaries, he said, you know, if you could get Coach Knight. And I said, you know, Coach Knight called me a year ago. This is a year before I decided to run. He said, if you ever run, I'm supporting you. I said, thanks, Coach. I just don't know if I'm going to be doing it. And then when he said, if you could get Coach Knight, I'll tell you, I got Coach Knight. How good was Bobby Knight as far as we're concerned in Indiana? Is that right? We got Bobby Knight. 900 wins. Two championships, right? Two or three championships. Olympic gold medal. 
Pan Am Games. But And he was unbelievable. He wouldn't stop. He was just going all over. He was the greatest guy. We came into an arena, Greg, and we had 16,000 people inside, outside. We had, I think, 10,000 outside. It was... And I left. This was three weeks before the primary, and I left. I said, how are we going to lose Indiana with this? I didn't think we were going to lose, and we didn't. We won big. But so I want to thank all of those folks because they really helped with Indiana and with a lot of other places. So United Technologies has stepped up, and I have to say this. They did it in such a nice and such a professional way, and they're going to spend so much money on renovating this plant and I said, Greg, say that number. You know, he said 16 million. Well, the minimum number is 16. It's going to be, in my opinion, a lot more than that. He said, well, I'd rather say the lower number. See, I'd rather have him say the higher number, so I won't say it. Okay. It's just a difference in philosophy. Do you agree? Both are okay, but difference in philosophy. But they're going to spend more than 16. They're going to spend a lot of money on the plant. And I said to some of the folks, I said, companies are not going to leave the United States anymore without consequences. Not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Tell you right now. We're losing our, we're losing so much. So one of the things we're doing to keep them is we're going to be lowering our business tax from 35%, hopefully down to 15%, which would take us from the highest tax nation virtually in the world. This is terrible for business to one of the lower tax, not the lowest yet, but one of the lower tax. The other thing we're doing is regulations. The regulations are, in fact, if I asked Greg and your folks, you would probably say regulations might be worse for you than even the high taxes, which is the biggest surprise of the whole political experience. I thought taxes would be number one, regulations would be up there someplace. Believe me, these great leaders of industry and even the small business people who are just being crushed if they had their choice between lower taxes and a major, massive cutting of regulations, they would take the regulations. I don't know how you feel about that, Greg, but I just noticed, I wrote down because I heard it, since about six years ago, 260 new federal regulations have passed, 53 of which affect this plan. 53 new regulations, massively expensive and probably none of them amount to anything in terms of safety or the things that you'd have regulations for. Uh, six of eight of the air conditioning companies right now are located in Mexico. Six of eight. I mean, think of that. And 80% of the supply chain for Mexico, 80% is located in Mexico. And we're not going to have it anymore. So we're not going to have it anymore. And we like Mexico. We think it's wonderful. I was there three months ago with the president of Mexico. Terrific guy. But we have to have a fair shake. We're not getting anything. We have NAFTA, which is a total and complete disaster. It's a total and complete disaster. It's a one-lane highway into Mexico. Nothing coming our way. Everything going their way. And... I don't have to mention who signed it anymore. It's so nice. I don't have to mention who backed it anymore, right? We don't have to mention that anymore, fortunately. But it's a one-way street. And it's gonna All be right, we're watching Donald Trump. He's speaking at Carrier Air Conditioner. For those of you along the Sean Hannity Show affiliate list here, if uh, you want to remain with us, we're going to continue our coverage. If you need to go to break, we totally understand because you have 
uh, high bills to pay and, and employees you got to keep on the payroll. But we're going to continue to listen to this. 1,100 jobs now saved a carrier. Donald Trump cared where others didn't. And then we have Bill Cunningham in studio about to shout at everybody else. Straight ahead. Big, beautiful plant behind us, which will be even more beautiful in about seven months from now. They're so happy. They're going to have a great Christmas. That's most important. But also, I just want to let all of the other companies know that we're going to do great things for business. There's no reason for them to leave anymore because your taxes are going to be at the very, very low end and your unnecessary regulations are going to be gone. We need regulations for safety and environment and things. But most of the regulations are nonsense. It's become a major industry, the writing of regulations. And that these companies aren't going to be leaving anymore. They're not going to be taking people's hearts out. They're not going to be announcing, like they did at Carrier, that they're closing up and they're moving to Mexico. Over 1,100 jobs. And by the way, that number is going to go up very substantially as they expand this area, this plant. So the 1,100 is going to be a minimum number. So I just want to thank everybody, and specifically, I just have to thank the people that I met backstage, incredible people, the spirit, the love. People are crying. I mean, they're all crying. And it's taken us a little while. But think of this. I don't think we even announced we were running when this deal was originally announced. And in the end, what happened is, because that makes it much more difficult, I mean, it's hard to negotiate when the plant is built. You know what Greg said? Greg said, but, you know, the plant is almost built, right? I said, Greg, I don't care. It doesn't make any difference. Don't worry about it. What are we going to do with the plant? Rent it, sell it, knock it down. I don't care. But we're going to do, and they're going to do fine with their plant. I don't know if they're going to be able to do with an American company, but we'll figure that out. But... Where we're starting is from a much easier place. It's hard. A year and a half ago, they make an announcement, and, you know, all of that work is done, which is why I have such respect. I always say great business people, they have flexibility. You know, if you're hard line, well, we're not going to move. Flexibility. That's why they've done so well over the years. That's why it's a great company, because they have flexibility. But we're not going to need so much flexibility for other companies, because we are going to have... A situation where they're going to know, number one, we're going to treat them well. And number two, there will be consequences, meaning they'll be taxed very heavily at the border. If they want to leave, fire all their people, leave, make product in different companies in different countries, and then think they're going to sell that product over the border, which, by the way, will be a very strong border. Very strong border. Believe me. And... And I think companies, oh, we're going to build the wall. People are saying, do you think Trump's going to build the wall? Trust me, we're going to build the wall. And by the way, people are going to come through that wall. We're going to have doors in that wall. But they're going to come through legally. And people are going to come through on worker permits to work the fields. We're going to have people, a lot of people are going to come through. But it's going to be done through a legal process. But one thing that's not going to come through is drugs. The drugs are going to stop. The drugs are going to stop. So I just want to thank... All of the people at United Technologies, most particularly you, because you are fantastic, Rick. I want to thank, and I want you to tell me how much, how many air conditioning units you sold in the last 
six months from today because I want to say I think it's going to be a number that even will surprise your folks because of the tremendous goodwill that you've created. I want to thank all of the workers at this plant, all of the carrier workers, most importantly. I want to thank my great, great Vice President-elect, because I'll tell you what, one of the really good decisions, but I want to thank Mike. And we're going to be doing this, and if I have to tell you, you know, during speeches, I'd say, they say it's not presidential to call up these massive leaders of business. I think it's very presidential. And if it's not presidential, that's okay. That's okay, because I actually like doing it. But we're going to have a lot of great people that can also do it and do it as well as I do it. But we're going to have a lot of phone calls made to companies when they say they're thinking about leaving this country because they're not leaving this country. They're not going to leave this country. And the workers are going to keep their jobs. And they can leave from state to state. And they can negotiate good deals with the different states and all of that. But leaving the country is going to be very, very difficult. So I want to thank everybody. We love you folks. I want to really, really thank the people of Indiana. We had two massive victories in a very, very short period of time. And all of the workers have a great, great Christmas and a fantastic New Year. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Donald, Thank you Donald Trump wrapping up his remarks at Carrier today. 1,100 jobs have been saved right there in the heartland. By the way, one of the things that's underreported in all of this Carrier will spend $16 million more on updating their facilities there and about $35 million total around their differing facilities because it's, it's not just Carrier. Greg Hayes is the chairman of, and CEO of United Technologies, so they have other offshoot businesses. And, um, you know, this is a business that has been in Indiana since 1950, the 1950s. And Carrier has been a big part of Indiana's manufacturing success story. And as Governor Pence pointed out, they're really glad and thankful that they were able to make the deal. And the deal was made, as Donald Trump just said, because he picked up the phone because he was watching TV one night. It was actually a pretty funny moment. He goes, it was a nightly news show, but I don't like them, so I don't want to tell you who it was. And he made the phone call and they struck a deal. And he talked about how he plans to reduce taxes and roll back regulations and and make it more conducive for businesses to do their jobs every day and create jobs. And uh, anyway, the, Indiana did kick in some money, a little bit of, of tax incentives over a 10-year period with the guarantee that the 1,100 jobs would stay there. Now, by the way, there were people that said this could never happen. And Donald Trump addressed the fact, well, some people say, well, this may not be presidential. Well, I like doing it. And if it's not presidential, well, then so be it. But there are 1,100 families that are going to have a better Christmas as a result of what he did. One of the people that said this could never happen was Barack Hussein Obama. Here's what he said. For those folks who've lost their job right now because a plant went down to Mexico, you know, that isn't going to make you feel better. And so what we have to do is to make sure that folks are trained for the jobs that are coming in now because some of those jobs of the past are just not going to come back. And when somebody says, like the person you just mentioned, who I'm not going to advertise for, that he's going to bring all these jobs back. Well, how exactly are you going to do that? What are you going to do? There's, the, there's no answer to it. He just says, well, I'm going to, I'm going to negotiate a better deal. Well, how, what, how exactly are you going to negotiate that? What magic wand do you have? And 
usually the answer is he doesn't have an answer. Yeah, the magic wand was called the telephone. It's a great invention. And he picked up the phone and he called the CEO of Carrier and they were able to negotiate a deal to save those 1,100 jobs. And I've been watching people whose jobs have been saved. We had one of them on Hannity on TV last night. And guess what? The, he's really happy. He's 53 years old. He was about to go off and, and try with all the uncertainty in a, in a job market where we have the lowest labor participation rate since the 70s and, and have to go out there and start a new career. And other people probably would have lost their homes. And some people might have lost their vehicles. And other people had children that they needed to send to school. I mean, he picked up the phone and he got it done. Now, maybe it doesn't mean a whole lot to, and I'll play some of these women from The View. Maybe it doesn't mean a whole lot to these overpaid brats that I work with in television. But it means a lot to the people in Indiana. It means a lot to the people that work at Carrier. And, you know, there was Donald Trump standing in front of a carrier sign today. You can't buy that kind of publicity, to be honest. It was great. And let me tell you, as one person, the next air conditioner Sean Hannity is going to buy is going to be a carrier. And if I have to pay a little bit more, so be it. Just like every car that I buy for myself, I just like American brands. I have my entire life. So President-elect Donald Trump, Donald J. Trump, and... Uh, Vice President-elect Mike Pence are here in Cincinnati, Ohio. You cannot win the great state of Ohio without Hamilton County, without Cincinnati, without Dayton. And uh, one of my long, 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 long-time friends, he's one of the great radio talents of all time. He's a great... He yells when he's in his studio. His name is Bill Cunningham. He's a great American. Everybody that calls in, I want a full report. And he literally stands back, he, he rocks in his chair, and he shouts into the microphone the entire time. Sean Hannity, how are you? Just exactly like that. Let me give you some perspective on yeah. Indiana and Carrier. Yes, sir, I this? am prepared, bless my friend. The $51 million that Carrier is going to spend is yeah. not going to be money into the ether. It's the butchers, the bakers, the candlestick makers, the drywallers, the plumbers, the electricians, the concrete makers, the architects, the lawyers, the engineers. The $51 million in CapEx is money going into middle of the American economy. Hey, it's hey. nothing. It's a drop in the bucket. And they're going to spend, from what I hear, at least $16 million on this plan, Mike Pence said today, and, and a total of $35 million in investment. Big money. Big money. And 1,100 jobs were saved. That doesn't make any difference to, to that Behar, Burhar woman, that ugly broad on The View. <laughs> Who in the hell is that? I got the tape. She <laughs> needs a muzzle. Someone should muzzle her. How do you feel, Bill? I don't feel good to her at all. I don't like <laughs> yeah. that woman. The fact is, those of us who live in Connorsville, Indiana, yeah. one of my best friends, Sean Compton, Sean is Compton. so sick today. I the heard. guy's in bed. I heard. He's got wretched vomiting he's got explosive you know he started he started here at the big one your our sister station i can't believe it. LW. he wanted to be here but he can't be here yeah. because he's sick. well he used to go out with the big rock van and instead of playing rock music he was blasting you and rush limbaugh he's from connorsville yeah when you drive to connorsville which you've done many times Man, in five Indiana, hours dairy queen trump signs trump love it if you go through now Go through right now. Here yeah. it is, the 1st of December. Go through Connorsville. There are dozens of Trump signs. They haven't taken them down. It's like the high school basketball team won the Hoosier State title. It's the Milan miracle again. <laughs> it's unbelievable. What I'm saying is a small-town America loves Donald J. Trump. You I'm telling you right now, Sean Hannity. You know what I call it, Bill Cunningham, the forgotten man election. You know who, you know who voted in this election? 
the the 13 million more Americans on food stamps, the 8 million more in poverty. Let me let me play these women from the view that you're hit talking it. about. Hit, hit it. Hit it. Donald hit Trump it. claims that he scored a big victory for keeping jobs in America. He says he's stuck a deal with the carrier air conditioning from that will keep them from moving to Mexico, saving almost a thousand jobs. Now, there's no details of the deal. <laughs> That anyone has seen, but you know, do you think Americans are going to say, "Oh, well, see, he's keeping he's keeping his promise," or are they going to wonder, "What did you have to give up in order to keep folks here?" Yeah, yeah. I hope they I hope they do that. I think people though do just read the headlines and they're thinking, "Oh my goodness, he's bringing jobs back," mm. but at what cost to the American worker? The problem is that we're losing jobs to robots, not to Mexicans. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the problem. The You're losing it to technology. Also, he, he, he saved a thousand jobs. Uh, President Obama saved one million jobs by bailing out the auto industry, mm-hmm. and people were against that because yeah. it was a stimulus. The unemployment yeah. rate is at an all-time low. It's 4.9 percent. Donald Trump is saying he's bringing 25 million jobs here. How are you going to do that? Let's, Let's see. see it. Wait and see. Let's see. Uh, on who's on who's behind? Well, we don't know how we got it. Well, that's what the deal says. No, we don't know what the deal says, but, you know. But saving jobs is not the same as creating jobs. Yeah. yeah. You know, only idiots in the mainstream media can actually complain that 1,100 Americans are going to have a good Christmas. They'll be able to keep their homes, cars, and send their kids to college. And they're whining as if this is a bad thing. Sean Hannity, let's send carrier air conditioning to the armpits of Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> let's get her calmed down a little bit. Yeah, I know. Those 1,000 jobs are really 7,000 jobs because that man or that woman's going to stay in the home, going to buy new carpeting, going to take a vacation, going to paint the place, going to buy new uh, refrigerators and appliances. Groceries and, and landscaping. go to Walmart. People are going to work. Yeah. Let's see to the elitists in New York where you're from. You are from <laughs> whoa, whoa, elitist whoa, 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 whoa. You're, uh, you're uh, an elitist in New York. Stop. I'm a hardworking schlep in the heartland. Excuse me. I saw you walk in the streets of New York City. Everyone's going, hey, Bill. Bill no, no, no. Forget about, forget, Bill, about Bill. Oh, forget about forget that. Oh, forget about that. Forget about that. But um, Indiana is the heart. Indiana, Kentucky, and Ohio is the heart that beats America. Listen, We're normal. We say, are normal. Um, uh, I like to consider myself normal, too. I don't live in New York City, you know. You live close enough. No, I live far enough away that I get away from the rats, the mice, and the oh, roaches. Terrible. Oh, terrible. it's awful. Well, Bill did a, a nationally syndicated television show with Sean Compton Productions and Tribune, and it was a big success. And I'd walk the streets of New York with you, and everyone, you know, there it me. is. There's baby kinda, daddy. Who's there's your baby, baby daddy? How many baby daddy shows did you do? We did 655 <laughs> yeah. baby daddy shows, oh. and it was wonderful. <laughs> you we loved put it? back together loving families that were dysfunctional. Kids need to know who daddy is. Who's your daddy? Yeah. We found out who's your daddy. And sometimes your you daddy? didn't, though. I felt bad for the girls when they thought it was well, one daddy, and it turned out to be the we fourth had suspects. one. We did one show with four suspects, no hits. Oh, It no. was sad. It was sad. That, uh, I'm bringing families together. I did my best. Oh. I did my best. All right. So you and I have a history. We go back so many years as friends together. And in 2004, Bill, just looking at you makes me laugh. And people need to know, you're nothing like this off the air. Not you're really. nothing. I'm exactly the same person. I'm completely different. You're a completely different completely. person off the air. You're quiet. You're, you know, shy, I don't demure. Talk. I don't you don't talk. talk. You I don't just talk. sit there and observe. I don't talk. I don't talk. No, you, don't. you really don't. I don't talk. No, you don't. So in 2004, we were on a plane. It was me and you and Ollie and J.C. Watts and Zell Miller and Bill Bennett and, and a bunch of Neil Bortz cursed in the church in I Dayton. I love that guy. I love that guy. Remember he cursed in the church in Dayton? I lo- well, you shouldn't cur- curse in Well, he said G.D. in the church in front do, of the pastor. You can't do that. His, oh, he did. His tongue turned black. 
<laughs> no, black. it didn't. It should have, though. Back in the good old days when men were men and gay meant you were happy. Okay, well, I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm gay. No, yeah, well, no, I'm happy. I, all right. Well, I'm th- not gay, but I'm happy. <laughs> okay, Bill. Thank you for sharing. Let me ask this. So in 2004, we knew George W. Was Bush was win. winning Ohio. Yeah. In 2008, we knew John McCain was not winning Ohio. You and I were on stage. Well, you were you got in trouble that year. Remember? Barack Hussein Obama. Got, we had 200 people yeah. who were members of the clerk of courts who wouldn't. Nobody would come. So the GOP got ahead of the clerk of courts and said, "We need 100 people over here <laughs> Quick, right now. Send them and over." So we brought 100 people in who weren't even scheduled to be there to fill out a room of 200 right. to make McCain feel good. Not, that's not good. That's how bad you it was. You may not know it, but that's not good. That's well, not good. Well, when Trump came here campaigning, how many people came? 20,000 inside. How many outside? Five or ten. Wait till tonight on your show what's going to happen. What? It's going to be 20,000 people. Uh, inside. During, inside and thousands outside. It'll be like the Beatles reuniting. It'll be <laughs> yeah. like the Eagles. That uh, Glenn Fry never died. It's going to be unbelievable. Uh, and how many people do you think outside? Thousands. Yeah. It, it'll be a gathering of the faithful. Uh, and hopefully you're going to get in and come on my TV show, but you didn't even get a ticket yet. I don't have a ticket. I'm just going to hook on to you. Okay. Let's just, see how big you are, Hannity. I, Let's see how big you I've are. I've never claimed I'm big. I'm you're a, big. Oh, you're big. Oh, you're big. I, well, I'm a, I'm a former restaurant dishwasher, and I'm a contractor for crying I out loud. I got a used RV, RV, and you got a plane, so I don't know about being big. Hey, rent I got, a plane. I you got rent, an RV. Anybody can rent a plane. Yeah, I can't rent a plane. <laughs> yeah. I rent an RV. How do you think I get to travel? We did a lot of the town halls. Billy Cunningham, you believed in Donald Trump early. Early on, I was on the Trump train, Trump and I train. cut fl- flag Ooh. from John Kasich. Yeah. You created John Kasich when he, when he got out of the house. You got him on Fox News. You created— oh, You're blaming me. You gave birth to John Kasich. I'm, I listen, John Kasich and I don't talk. Let me, t- I, me neither. I, I'm going to tell you the story. I wrote him. I said, look, you're killing Trump. Can we talk about it? And he writes back, not if it's about Trump. And I said, oh, okay, I'll, I'll only write you when it's about the weather. I'll only write you when it's about uh, your golf game. I'll only write you about uh, how's, uh, how's your health, how's this, how's that. I said, so we can't, we're friends, but we can't have a real conversation. And I said, about the Supreme Court, about vetting refugees, about securing our border, uh, about eliminating Obamacare and originalist justices. No, we'll just have, we'll have, the, we'll have a relationship on your terms only. You call that a friendship? He never wrote me back. Another person who is extremely wealthy, a billionaire, that has given Kasich literally millions of dollars, yeah. said, John, we got to get together and talk. This billionaire was told by Kasich, what's it about? It's about Trump. And really, it was about becoming a VP. You know, if Kasich mm-hmm. had played the game correct and had morals and principles, Pence, former radio talk show host, right. would not be vice president. It would be John Kasich. He so didn't want it. What's Kasich thinking today? Probably. Wow. <laughs> wow. I don't know. Wow. But you know what? What does it say? And I know, look, I know he's got a good heart. I don't hate the guy. I'm annoyed with the guy. As a matter of fact, I remember at my 50th birthday party, Billy Cunningham, you were there. John Kasich was there. And I was the referee there <laughs> between the two of you. We got into it a little bit. Oh, you guys got right in the middle of my 50th birthday party. GD this and the great one, Mark Levin, was the referee. Oh. In fact, a highway patrolman said to me, yeah. calm down. Yeah. We had his own Gestapo yelling at me. Imagine me getting excited. Imagine. Me. Imagine. Who Ima- could imagine He had that? me and Kasich in each other's face. By the way, I heard you're going to be filling in for the great one on uh, uh, Christmas week. So It'll be unbelievable, Sean. It'll no, be unbelievable. Be. Now, let me tell you one other thing about you liberals. I'll say it. Nobody else will say it. I'm going to say it. There. 
I said it. I said it. I said it. I said it. He's the greatest. He's the best. He's the best. He's one of my best friends. He loves you, and and uh, I'm so glad you're going to be filling in. Can you do Rush? Well, I've done it a couple times. I'll do, I do it. Yeah, yeah, I do. No, it. I wasn't asking you to do an imitation of Rush. Rush Limbaugh. No, he, he's another. He gave birth to you. Without Rush Limbaugh, <laughs> you would not exist. I say that all the time. And he, you gave birth to Kasich. Admit it. No. You gave birth to Kasich. <laughs> I thought you were going to say I gave birth to Levin. Levin too. Oh, Levin's great. hilarious. I gave a lot of. I gave a lot of birth to a lot they of people. They call you the baby daddy. Oh, the he's, baby he's daddy. He's your baby daddy. Oh. Sean Hannity would be nothing without me. me. He's, yeah. tr- he's correct. He is correct. That's, so correct. that's fine. That's, we, we that's fine. Yeah. We all have daddies. Uh, tell me why Ohio, the swing state, great state of Ohio, I went through the history, 04, 08, 2012, depressing. Barack Hussein Obama, eight years. You got in trouble in 08 for saying his full name, then he gets sworn in. Bar- I, Barack Hussein Obama, was funny. I, I remember calling I you remember, at the time. I was so happy. Uh, oh, yeah, I bet you were happy. I was pleased. Oh, we, that he said that. Yeah, he said it. I yeah. said, there it is, but no one ever made the point. There. Yeah, I, I did. Yeah, I made it I, numerous times. But Ohio is a swing state for a reason. It does swing. What, what, what is, happened this year with Trump s- won by over eight points? Since 1984. Now yeah. We've never had a president who spoke to white blue-collar, middle-class, high school-educated voters. When you think of Bush 41, you don't think about that category. When you think about Bob Dole, no. When you think about George Bush 43, honestly, no. He didn't apply to those people. But small-town America lives in Ohio. Take Cleveland, Cincinnati, Columbus. That's about 30% of the vote. The other 70% are in Metamora. It's in Xenia. It's in uh, Batavia. It's in Amelia. Those people, until now, were never motivated to vote. They came out in droves in Paulding to vote for Donald J. Trump. If you drive around rural or high, go out 32 Southern Ohio, you'll see Trump signs everywhere. You can't find a Hillary sign with a search warrant because if you put one up, it was taken down. But you had Trump on your radio show. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh. And you do your Sunday night syndicated sure. show, and you're on a, a sure. number. How, how many hundred stations? Three hundred stations. And um, I was a guest recently. That was yeah, fun. That was funny. But, you're, you're, you're funny. You're oh, funny. no, I'm funny with you. You make me funny. You're funny. You, you, you bring the best out of me. I don't know why. You're funny. You're funny. You're driving me nuts. You're you funny. Know? That's a short trip, too. But it's funny. It's funny. What, what was the point you were making? Make the no point. Idea, I, have no point? Idea, I have no idea what the point was. The point How can I ever Ohio, focus with you? Ohio's, Ohio's key. And think of the white, uh, middle-class, blue-collar voter in Pennsylvania, Ohio, Iowa, Michigan, Wisconsin. Same person. Same person. I call them the forgotten men and the forgotten women. I bought a painting that was called the forgotten man. I'll get you a print of it. What about women? Women, too. I said that. Forgotten women. men. Did you not hear me? Women. Women. If women. You- women. 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 <laughs> what are you? Women. Women. Okay. Women. You, say it again. Women. Okay. So I got but it's a forgotten man, and it's a guy on a bench, and all the presidents, and there's Obama stepping on the Constitution. And Absolutely. There's Absolutely. And what James happens, Madison saying, what the hell are you doing? We got close to the precipice in this country. We were close to we going were. over. I agree. And if this election had given us Hillary Clinton, Carrier would be now in, in, in Guadalajara. Are you as pissed as I am at all those never-Trumpers that were willing to allow Hillary Rodham Clinton to pick the next Supreme Court justice? When I listened and watched you a week or two before the election, yeah. you were ready to launch oh. on Own Cruz. It. Own on, it. On Kasich. Own it. But what happened? Because that tells me you believed he was not going to win. No. I Listen, I said to everybody, and even the day before Election Day, I gave a 17-minute television monologue, which is a record. I saw it. Okay. And I, I said, this is it. This is it. And this is the reasons why my, I called it my closing arguments for Trump. 
This is why you need to vote for the guy. And I said in that monologue what I believed all along. He can win. The media is wrong. How about the exit but polling? It's hard. I, I listened to you on the exit oh. polling. You said oh. on the second exit polling on Fox, and that Disaster. one guy, uh, it's five to seven points. Yeah. Five thirty on election night, they're popping the corks. Yeah, they in were Clinton headquarters. And, yeah, I they, saw they the first fun. round of them. I, I saw it, and I got to tell you. I was telling my audience, remember in 2004, yeah. John Kerry Get was out. the president. Get out and vote. Kerry won. Yeah. Kerry won in 04. Dick Cheney called my radio show at 5.30 because he saw in the exit polls that and, day. And Bush in 04 at 5 p.m. Yeah. flew into Columbus, Ohio. Right. Because the exit polling was bad. It was bad. And it wasn't. And it was bad this year. I got to read, though. Uh, I love you. You're going to be on TV with us tonight, yes, right? Yes, yes, yes. All right. You're a great American. God, God bless you. God bless America. God bless, God America. bless America. All right. You're a great American. For those folks who've lost their job right now because a plant went down to Mexico, you know, that isn't going to make you feel better. And so what we have to do is to make sure that folks are trained for the jobs that are coming in now because some of those jobs of the past are just not going to come back. And when somebody says, like the person you just mentioned, who I'm not going to advertise for, that he's going to bring all these jobs back. Well, how exactly are you going to do that? What are you going to do? There's, the, there's no answer to it. He just says, well, I'm going, to, I'm going to negotiate a better deal. Well, how, what, how exactly are you going to negotiate that? What magic wand do you have? And usually the answer is he doesn't have an answer. I would like to tell him thank you for uh, going out of your way and taking your uh, holiday uh, away from your family and uh, working on the carrier and employees deal and uh, sticking to your word and going to bat for all of us at Carrier and, and keeping our jobs here. And I'd like to thank him and Mike Pence for... When you heard uh, from that plant spokesman that they were going to close the plant, you thought to yourself, what the hell am I going to do? Pretty much, yes. You know, I'm almost 50 years old and having to think about starting over a new career. You know, it's just something I really wasn't yep. looking forward to. Sure. The carrier plant is politically probably more Democrats work there than Republicans. You're a lifelong Democrat, and yet you voted for Donald Trump. Why? You know, he spoke to me. I mean, he hit a chord inside me. You know, he was talking to the working man. He was talking to the middle class. And, you know, we're, we're tired of being the working poor. I mean, you know, we bust our tails for what, you know? Companies are getting tax breaks, CEOs are getting bonuses, and we're getting the shaft. Sure. And, you know, it, it, it's hard to swallow. I mean, it's a tough pill sometimes. Yeah. Rick, I know the president's going to be, president-elect's going to be at your plant till later today. You would like to shake his hand, and you would like to say what to him? Yeah, just, just thank you for taking the time. I mean, you're not even the actual president of the United States yet. You're president-elect. But you've done more in your first three weeks of being elected than the last, uh, you know, the current administration has done in the last nine months for us, for, for anybody, really. I mean, you know, yeah. we're, we're out here to make a living. We're out here to do the right thing. You know, we're loyal to the company. We work hard for the company. And for what? So you could pick up and leave us? Yeah. I mean, okay. that goes for any company out there. All right. Hour two, Sean Hannity Show. We're in Cincinnati today, the great state of Ohio, the swing state of Ohio. Donald Trump won by more than 8%. And he didn't even have the support of the sitting Republican governor, John Kasich. And I think that says a lot because that also means the infrastructure and information uh, that would have gone along with uh, such an endorsement and support. You know, for Barack Obama, how are you going to do that? Are you going to wave a magic wand? 
No, Donald Trump actually has picked up the phone and called Carrier and said, well, there will be consequences if you take these jobs away. But more importantly, we're going to have a better business environment. We're going to drop the corporate tax rate. We're going to get rid of a lot of the regulations. Lo and behold, jobs have been saved. Now, we're heading into Christmas. That means a thousand families don't have to worry about what their Christmas season is going to be like. They don't have to worry about their mortgage in the future. They don't have to worry about their car payment. Maybe they got sons and daughters on their way to school, off to college and now they don't have to worry about their payment plan for college that they had put in place many years ago. And I, for one, am grateful that Carrier stayed. I'm grateful that President-elect Trump cared enough to call and and help work out a deal. I'm happy for those families, and my next air conditioner that I buy is going to be a Carrier. If I have to pay a little more, I'll pay a little more. That's fine. Former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich, is with us. How are you? I'm doing great, and I think this is a perfect example of why Trump is so different. I mean, he cuts through the baloney. He's proactive. He's an entrepreneur. He tries to find a solution. Um, It's what you'd think people would want in an effective American president. I I think it's a remarkable performance on his part. You know, I want to play for you. I have a montage of women on The View. And and by the way, this has pretty much been CNN 24-7 since this deal was announced. Number one, everyone's speculating that some type of special tax deal was was brokered with Donald Trump. That's not what happened, as I understand it. The people of Carrier have just said that it's going to be a better business environment, and he's going to deal with regulations that impact their business, and he's going to deal with a tax structure that negatively impacts them so that they can remain competitive and keep their products being built in America. Here's, But listen to the analysis that you hear. You, you would think what he did is horrible. Donald Trump claims that he scored a big victory for keeping jobs in America. He says he stuck a deal with the carrier air conditioning from that will keep them from moving to Mexico, saving almost a thousand jobs. Now, there's no details of the deal that anyone has seen. But, you know, do you think Americans are going to say, oh, well, see, he's keeping he's keeping his promise. Or are they going to wonder, what did you have to give up in order to keep? folks here. Yeah. yeah. I hope they I hope they do that. I think people though do just read the headlines and they're thinking, "Oh my goodness, he's bringing jobs back." Mm. But at what cost to the American worker? The problem is that we're losing jobs to robots, not to Mexicans. Yeah. That's the problem. Technology. You're losing it to technology. Also, he he, he saved a thousand jobs. Uh, President Obama saved one million jobs by bailing out the auto industry, and people were against that because it was a stimulus. The unemployment rate is at an all-time low. It's 4.9 percent. Donald Trump is saying he's bringing 25 million jobs here. How's he going to do that? Let's Let's see. Wait and see. Let's see. On who's on who's behind? Well, we don't know how we got this. Well, that's what the deal says. No, we don't know what the deal says, but you know. But saving jobs is not the same as creating jobs. Yeah. It's giving me a headache. First of all, of the 11 million Americans here, uh, 11 million illegal. Eagles here in the country, 80% of them work, and maybe Joy Behar can cite the unemployment number all she wants, but they don't count the chronically unemployed or the lowest labor participation rate since the 70s. I mean, you listen to that and you think, oh, Donald Trump makes a call, Carrier made a decision, and you would think that it's the worst thing that ever happened listening to these people. Mr. Speaker, what do you think? Well, look, I think the left is just almost losing their minds at the idea of a Trump presidency. And so anything Trump does is going to be attacked. But it is ironic that the movement that at one time cared about working Americans now has all these very highly paid pseudo-intellectuals who forget that, as you put yourself, a thousand families are going to have a better Christmas. And frankly, every small business in that town is going to have a better Christmas because Donald Trump intervened when Barack Obama wouldn't and Hillary Clinton wouldn't. 
And in the old days, the old Democratic Party would have been delighted on behalf of all those families and would have understood the human implications of what's going on. But the modern, ideologically left-wing, out-of-touch, very highly paid uh, Democratic elites, they don't get it. They don't understand the human pain involved. You don't understand why this is a great moment for those families. Uh, and it's really sad, and it tells you why the Democrats are going to have such a hard time ever getting back into power, because they so clearly don't deserve it, and they don't represent average, everyday working Americans anymore. You know, this is an opportunity, I think, that those working Americans, those blue-collar workers, the heart and soul of America... You know, I'm so glad I spent two decades of my life doing real work, because I do really appreciate the, the, the plight now of what I call... The the forgotten man that came out and drove this election and voted. And um, it means a lot to them. And this is now an opportunity. If, if Trump can take the money that's being repatriated by multinational corporations and, and incentivize them to build in Detroit and Milwaukee and, and Cleveland and, and Philly and other cities that really desperately need help, and if he could go to all of these cities where their schools are dilapidated and broken down and the kids are getting horrible educations and, and give parents parents the choice that he's talked about giving them. I think there might be a demographic shift potential here, the likes of which maybe could happen once every three generations. I'd love to see that happen. I think that's right. And I think whether you're African-American or Latino or Asian or you're white, you know, if, if, if you care about your job and you care about your family and you care about your take-home pay, all of a sudden Donald Trump looks like a pretty impressive guy because you see him helping people just like you. And then you listen to these these, these left-wing liberals on television and you know that they have no understanding of the human cost of unemployment uh, and that they are just simply out of touch with your reality. You know, that's the thing. I mean, I remember what it was like to live paycheck to paycheck. I really do. And look, I know your life background, too. And and you were working as a professor for all those years. You weren't exactly being paid a whole lot of money, but it was a passion and a love of yours. I, I got into radio working for free and for very, very little money for a long period of time because I loved it. But, uh, you know, I know what it's like to to struggle to pay your rent every month. And, and I had great landlords that would let me do work for them. You know, people, look at the cost of Obamacare that ended up being $4,100 on average, an increase since Obama's been president per family. I mean, that, that, that is such a huge percentage of people's income. That's their new car. That's their new truck. That's part of the money they were planning on using for a down payment for their house. That's a lot of money. And I think those are the people that have been suffering because of failed government policies. And in spite of whatever the media tried to say about Trump, he was able to transcend it because he was talking to those people in real language and real, you know, regular, not Washington speak. Well, and they knew it. I mean, they, they were picking up on it. And so the average everyday working American understood this is a guy who knows, partly because, of course, Trump has spent so much of his life working with people just like them. I mean, you don't build these big buildings and you don't build uh, the various uh, hotels and things that, that Trump has built without knowing how to work with people uh, who put on blue jeans and put on uh, boots and go out and do real work uh, and get a little bit dirty because that's what it takes to build one of those buildings. You know, people still make fun of me because I wear jeans every day, even on television. And I'm like, well, it's, it's kind of what I grew up with and I don't like to change. And suit pants don't feel that comfortable anyway. I mean, I, I, I don't I just I, plus, it's really plus, plus I know you. You're really frugal and you have to have <laughs> your suit pants. You have to take them to the cleaner. These just throw in the washing machine. <laughs> no, that's not it at all. As a matter of fact, Fox <laughs> Fox buys me all my suits and they even at one point said why do we even buy you pants you never wear them but uh, they'll buy me as many as I want to be honest and they even get them clean for me they do everything 
They take care of it all. You know, I'm one of these pampered television hosts now. You know, that's the other funny thing, too. These are all TV people, and I've said this on air before, and I'll say it again, and it's probably to my detriment to tell the truth. We're all overpaid in television. We're all treated better than we deserve. We're all, and many of these people don't deserve the things that they have, but they seem to have lost touch with what real life is for most people. And real life is you get up every day, you raise your kids, you work your 12 or 14 hours a day, you pay your taxes, you struggle to get a down payment for a home, you struggle to buy a new car, you make your car payments, and you're just trying to get ahead in life and put a little away for your retirement years so you can buy a place at the villages and live happily ever after. That's, that's, but they're the people that make the country work, that make the country great. And globalism has really hurt them. And we haven't factored in the human cost and the human toll here. Well, I think think that's right. And and that's why I think the left, which is so much Hollywood and the news media and, and folks who, who make really big incomes, and they're really out of touch with normal Americans. So Trump, who has this, who is obviously a very rich guy, well, he's even richer than you. Uh, and, you know. Re- really? Uh, you, you, why does everyone go, why does everyone love taking that shot? I, it's like, what do I have on my, the back of my shirt here? Kick me, hit me, punch me, beat me. Well, I mean, it must say no, no, something. No, no, it, no, no. If you take it off and Look, it says, please make fun of me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you enjoy it more than anybody. Well, I've known you longer than most people. And I have to say, yeah, I, I think you often deserve it. And By the way, I when wanna, I first... I want to make, sure, make sure you get what you deserve. Well, well, just for the record, the first time I interviewed you was in 1990 in a Holiday Inn in Decatur, Alabama. Right. And in case you're interested how much I was making as a radio talk show host that year, it was $19,000 a year. And given the size of your audience that year, it was probably proportionate to what you now make. I, I know about how big your audience was. Well, then why did you do the show? Uh, well, very... I, wanted to help, I wanted to help this guy on the way up, this guy who had had a potential. And by the way, the audience, your, our audience ought to know, you were wearing blue jeans. <laughs> I think I was. I mean, I'm pretty sure changed. I was. No, but I had a tie and a jacket on. Give me credit. Oh, I know. That's that's because you were on the way up. And okay. That, but, and, and, this was, and this was your first big shot, and here was this outside guy and <laughs> yeah. you know you had a chance to actually be there with somebody from washington i mean was, I, I think you actually prepared questions and stuff i did i actually prepared in great detail more than i do now you're right but say, you know i was gonna say we're not going to get into the difference in preparation between oh, the early years and oh you really you want to know that you want to know the truth i never stopped preparing i worked now i work harder than i've ever worked that's the truth. But you think back in those days, Mr. Speaker, I only had the local papers and national magazines, and that was it. Yep. I had I had no other prep. I didn't. The Internet didn't exist as we know it. Al Gore it, had not isn't, created isn't it. Isn't it astonishing how much material you can now get to? You get inundated. I, find I, I spend about two hours a day just wading through stuff to sort of try to figure out what I need to know. It's, it's unbelievable how much is available. No, it's true. And by, by the way, you share anything good that you find with me, and so so many other people and just sifting through it. I mean, I, I get a pile every day that is the size of a, a 1,500-page, 2,000-page book, and I have to sift through that before 
And that's that's on top of my own reading of the Internet, but that's just what my staff gives me. You know, everyone's assigned certain websites to go through every day, and I get every, they, I tell them to print more rather than less, and then I, I sift through it, keep the stuff I want, then I read it in detail, and then I'm preparing. So it's uh, I'm very fortunate to have uh, a staff, which I never had back then. I used to run my own board. Work oh, By the way, I work seven days a week because I ran <clears throat> NASCAR on Saturdays and Sundays. Well, by the way, I don't, I don't know if you, you do this right, you know, Calista in high school uh, was the voice of WHTL in Whitehall, Wisconsin. Now, she, she was a disc jockey. They were playing music, but literally Western Wisconsin's country radio station. So she identifies with both you and Rush, although the two of you went on to rather larger careers than she did. But, but she was out there as a high school student running the boards and doing the whole thing and actually closing the station down at midnight. Well, I got to let you go here, but Mr. Speaker, love having you. You've been such a big help this year, and we look forward to talking to you a lot during the new year and the first hundred days. Thank you, sir. It'll be great. Take care. We've got shovel-ready projects all across the country to start helping states and local governments with shovel-ready projects. We are seeing shovels hit the ground. There are almost 100 shovel-ready transportation projects. Shovels will soon be moving earth, and trucks will soon be pouring concrete. Shovel-ready was not as... uh... Shovel ready as we expected. Donald Trump claims that he scored a big victory for keeping jobs in America. He says he's stuck a deal with the carrier air conditioning firm that will keep them from moving to Mexico, saving almost a thousand jobs. Now, there's no details of the deal that anyone has seen, but you know, do you think Americans are going to say, "Oh, well, see, he's keeping he's keeping his promise," or are they going to wonder what did you have to give up in order to keep? folks here. Yeah. yeah, I hope they. I hope they do that. I think people though do just read the headlines and they're thinking, "Oh my goodness, he's bringing jobs back." Mm. But at what cost to the American worker? The problem is that we're losing jobs to robots, not to Mexicans. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the problem. We're losing it to technology. Also, he he, he saved a thousand jobs. Uh, President Obama saved one million jobs by bailing out the auto industry, and people were against that because it was a stimulus. The unemployment rate is at an all-time low. It's 4.9 percent. Donald Trump is saying he's bringing 25 million jobs here. How's he going to do that? Let's Let's see. Wait and see. Let's see. On who's on who's behind? Well, we don't know how we got it. Well, that's that's what the deal says. No, we don't know what the deal says, but you know. But saving jobs is not the same as creating jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Do you see the? The level of hate that's out there, it's just unbelievable. These people know nothing about what happened. Carriers actually come out and they said they got nothing except a promise that he's going to do everything in his power to make a better business climate. And if you lower the corporate tax rate to 15%, that's a huge start. You know, it's the, the level of ignorance is pretty amazing. How do you not know corporations don't pay taxes? We're in the uh, studios of 55KRC. Donald Trump on his thank you tour tonight. It's going to be pretty interesting. And we're going to be there and it should be a lot of fun. We think we're going to talk to Donald Trump tonight, hopefully, backstage. And uh, we'll, we're going to have Billy Cunningham there, who was on earlier today. And he's a fun guy. We're going to do an impromptu town hall with the people there. And apparently this thing sold out in like 20 seconds. And it was pretty amazing. All right, as promised, let's get to our busy phones. Uh, if you want to be a part of the program, 800-941-SEAN. Join us. All right, let's go to Don is in Pensacola, Pensacola uh, Florida. What's up, Don? How are you? I'm good, Sean. Uh, love your show. Caught yesterday's show uh, where you talked about uh, your experience there at the villages, and although it's not uh, politically related, I have a little uh, story to tell you. I thought you might get a kick out of. I uh, I travel there frequently for work. Our company does business there, and I stay at the villages uh, because it's a nice place to stay, a great hotel, and so forth. And my mother-in-law is down there, and she loves it. 
Well, yeah, it's a nice place. I mean, good, good for them. They they make good decisions in their life financially. It's not the you know it's not the cheapest place to live, and so so you can tell the people live there have made good decisions and, and they're living life. But uh, you, you mentioned uh, about the uh, the ladies wearing certain colors and trying you know means they they want to have a date or so forth. Yeah, and, I heard if they like wear gold shoes, oh. that means they're good to go for a yes, date. I, I mean, I had for heard a hookup. Also, I All right. So I so I didn't make and, that up. Now, one of the guys that I know from the villages, we've done our TV show from down there. I love the villages. Let me, let me tell you one thing. There's nothing sadder than walking through the streets of New York, seeing old people alone, you know, on a freezing cold day, uh, you know, walking to the grocery store, barely able to move on the ice. And here are these people all year long. They're playing golf and they're meeting at the bar and they're playing cards and they're, they're active and they do trips and movies and they have a great time. Good for them. They deserve great, it. Great place to live. If, if I if I get there and, and I've made good decisions financially, I, I'm moving there. <laughs> you know, one of the great but, things, uh, though, about the villages, they've got expensive homes. They've got inexpensive condos. They've got pretty much a variety for everybody. Agree. So, you know, Agreed. so if you, if you sell your house, you, you're going down to Florida. The market's a lot cheaper down there. You get lifetime golf and all these other benefits. And you might go to the bar and find the girl with, gold shoes on and you're good to go yeah and that's what i was gonna tell you it's not just the gold shoes uh i, I got kidded by the people we were there visiting for work and they said did you see any loofahs on golf carts and they didn't know what they were talking about and apparently that's another sign if you're good to go if you see a loofah hanging from a golf cart at 9 p.m then then uh basically i guess you could find whatever you were looking for i listen you know what who am I to judge? I don't care. These, this is, you know, people from the greatest generation. They worked hard their whole life. There's nothing sadder than seeing somebody that's old and alone and unhappy and sad. And you know what? Go have fun. You know, there's only and a short exactly time we all have on this I earth. Thought when I saw them, I mean, everybody there is happy. Everybody's having a good time. And and uh, if you've been, you said you've been down there, that you know that they had that square open 365 days a year with some sort of entertainment for those folks. So, so more my mother-in-law loves it. She just went down there recently. A lot of her friends are down there, and she's having the time of her life. I give her a hard time every day. Ask her if she's wearing gold shoes. Now I'll mention the loofah, and see what she says. Okay. Anyway, good, thanks, John. Don. Love your show. Keep up the good work. All right, brother. Thank you. Uh, Don is in San Diego, Kogo Radio, News Radio, KOGO. What's happening? How are you? Hey, Sean. I'm doing great. We're all doing great. It is morning in America again. Boy, it God certainly wants. is. You know, everybody asks me, Hannity, are you gloating? Are you gloating? I'm like, that's not the feeling that I have. I just kind of feel yeah. relieved that we've got a chance to get this right and fix it and make things better. No, you and I think exactly alike. We're right on line here. Hey, I know you've got Trump's ear, and there are two things I just wanted to run by you very quickly that I think he really needs to do to be successful, and that come right out of Ronald Reagan's playbook. Number one is it is absolutely necessary that he talk to us monthly from the Oval Office, broadcasting on TV. Reagan did this 26 times in his first four years. It's the only way we're going to hear the truth and get the updates and progress because we're not going to get the truth from the media. And it's also the way he's going to prevent the media from creating his image. That is how he will go around the media and get to us directly who are the important people that he needs to talk to. Look, you just he heard, also, uh, you, you just heard the women of the, 
Yeah, you just heard the women of The View that we just played. Now, these women know nothing about what life is like uh, for those people that were working for Carrier. They don't know what it means to them. I had one of them on TV last night. This means that people aren't going to lose their job, lose their home, lose their car, you know, wonder and go into Christmas with anxiety about what their future is. And so they're happy. Now, maybe the, the women of The View get paid so well that they have no idea how they can relate to it. But I spent two decades of my life without much money, and, and I can relate to living paycheck to paycheck. And those people yeah, and, are happy and, you, and thankful. You and I are like the same age. We were practically born on the same day. Oh, we when, remember when were you those born? days when Ronald... What's that? What, what year were you born? 1962. Okay, I was born in 61. All right, let's oh, not give I our age out. We're now officially old enough for the villages. I mean, that ought to tell you everything you need to know. Yes, you got it. Well, you remember growing up, and there's Ronald Reagan, and he's talking from the Oval Office. I mean, he would pull me into the TV. You want to believe your leader, and that's who we need to hear the communication from, not the media. The second thing he needs to do is to fulfill all his promises. Absolutely. And in my opinion, that includes setting up an independent council to uh, uh, go after Hillary, because we cannot have the lawmakers having no, following no laws while the rest of us have to follow all the laws. Listen, I got to tell you, I think that this is, for me, it's a very simple thing. I agree with you, bypass the media. And the only thing I keep saying on television is just keep your promises. Stick by your promises, and we're going to be a lot better off as a country and that is where my belief in conservatism lies. You know, John Kennedy and Ronald Reagan basically laid the foundation for what Trump is proposing to do for the economy. And short of the infrastructure bill, which I'm a little worried about, it's almost identical to what these men do did. So I'm very, very hopeful. I want to get the oil industry up and running. I want the gas industry up and running. I want the coal industry up and running. I want Americans... You know, the the brilliance of the American people unleashed and will create prosperity for generations to come. We'll save the country from activist justices on the Supreme Court. We'll secure our borders. We've got to secure the homeland. We'll vet those refugees. Obamacare, it's going to be like a, a tax rebate by the time that's all said and done. We're going to pay less because that's what free market competition does. You pay less. Anyway, I appreciate it, Don. God bless you. I love all my friends in uh, in San Diego. Uh, James in Wisconsin, the all-important new swing state of Wisconsin. How are you, James? Glad you called. I'm, I'm great, Sean. It's an honor and a privilege to, to speak to you from, uh, like you said, the swing state of Wisconsin. Say, I'm, uh, I'm celebrating along with my entire family of Trump's victory. Of course, our entire family voted for him. Uh, we are concerned, though, as you know, Wisconsin can be, especially down there in Dane County, uh, they can be very militant, and with all these electors being threatened, uh, this is really a threat to our entire democracy. And I, I'm not—I haven't, you know, maybe I haven't checked, you know, the news or, or read where any one of these people threatening, these, you know, these electors have been have been arrested. Or uh, I think it would only take one or two to be handcuffed and, and hauled off to, to jail to make this, you know, drive this point home. This is serious. Listen, that's really serious, and you can imagine if it was uh, Hillary Clinton, God forbid, she ever won this election, and some of those electors were being pressured the way Trump electors are being pressured, 
the media would be out there every single day defending them. And but for the new media, because the old media is irrelevant, CNN is irrelevant, the New York Times, Politico, irrelevant, ABC, NBC, irrelevant. You know, they all collude and try and help Hillary win. And then they're demanding access to Donald Trump. And I'm like, well, you're like paid campaign staffers for Hillary Clinton, for crying out loud. Why does he need to give you access? Yeah, so are, are you aware of anyone uh, in any of these electors in any one of these states? Are they contacting? Uh, I don't think you'd have to get to the, the federal level, would you, Sean? I mean, you'd, there's, you know, FBI offices. Nobody is. Of- listen, any elector, I'll say this, that is being intimidated in any way, shape, matter, or form, go to your local law enforcement and tell them who is trying to intimidate you because they're trying, they're literally trying to turn this into a banana republic. We have a system of laws uh, that's called like a terroristic threat if you're threatening somebody's life. And if your life is being threatened or you're being threatened in some way, go to the police, go to the FBI, and tell them what the threat is, and they will do their job and they'll protect you. That's what they get paid for. I agree. I think I think it would only take one arrest, Sean, and, and, and have it on you know national television. May take one arrest with you know somebody getting the handcuffs slapped on them to to put a lot of this to to rest. Yeah. All right, my friend. God bless you. Appreciate it. Let's see. Robert is in Oklahoma. Robert, hi. How are you? Glad you called. Welcome to the great state of Cincinnati, the great state of Ohio, the great city of Cincinnati. What's Hello, happening? Sean. I'm I'm grateful. And greetings from the oil field in Oklahoma. Oh, that's so, awesome. We're so pleased, and I want to let you know we're encouraged uh, by your prayers for the oil and gas industry. We have been devastated over the last, uh, roughly last eight years, and uh, we're grateful for your prayers, and, and we're encouraged by your, your words about how you'd like to see uh, see us, see things improve out here in Oklahoma, because just like those other industries that have suffered, there, I've seen countless numbers of friends of mine lose their jobs and their businesses and their homes. We have uh, some excitement in our bellies now that we have a new administration. Well, I got to tell you something. If Donald Trump does the following four things, if he repatriates the trillions that he said he would repatriate from multinational corporations, lowers the corporate tax rate to 15 percent, eliminates Obamacare, that'll end up being like a tax refund, I argue, for for many people. And then he moves towards energy independence. Those four things, and you got to do all of them, will result in huge economic growth. It's just mathematically impossible not to. Look, energy is the lifeblood of our economy. It just is. We have more energy, natural gas, coal, fuel, uh, shale, oil, than you could ever want. We are the Saudi, uh, well, frankly, we're the Middle East of natural gas. We can convert every automobile and truck to natural gas. You do that, we'll have cheap energy. Americans will save money. We'll be able to export the the extra gas that we pull out, and we'll make millions and create literally career, high-paying jobs for many Americans. That would be Absolutely. that would make me happy. Listen, I appreciate your call. A lot to get to on that. I just don't have enough time to respond here, but I think it speaks for itself. Anyway, 800-941-SEAN is on number. On the deferred action program that we have, known as DACA, that relates to DREAMers who are currently benefiting from uh, these provisions, uh, I will urge... Uh, the president-elect and the incoming administration to uh, think long and hard before they are um, endangering the status of what, for all practical 
practical purposes are American kids. Uh, I mean, these are kids who were brought here by their parents. They did nothing wrong. They've gone to school. They have pledged allegiance to the flag. Some of them have joined the military. They've enrolled in school. By definition, if they're part of this program, uh, they are solid, uh, wonderful young people of good character. Uh, and uh, it, it, it is my strong belief that the majority of the American people would not want to see suddenly those kids have to start hiding again. Uh, and uh, that's something that uh, I will uh, encourage uh, the president-elect to look at. More than 730,000 lives have been changed as a result. These are students, they're teachers, they're doctors, they're lawyers. They're Americans in every way but on paper. And fortunately, today's decision does not affect this policy. It does not affect the existing dreamers. Two years ago, we announced a similar expanded approach for others who are also low priorities for enforcement. We said that if you've been in America for more than five years with children who are American citizens or legal residents, then you too can come forward, get right with the law, and work in this country temporarily without fear of deportation. Both were the kinds of actions taken by Republican and Democratic presidents over the past half century. Neither granted anybody a free pass. All they did was focus our enforcement resources, which are necessarily limited, on the highest priorities, convicted criminals, recent border crossers, and threats to our national security. Now, just think what the president said there. By the way, uh, glad you're with us. It is our News Roundup Information Overload Hour. We're continuing from Cincinnati. Big thank you uh, tour by Donald Trump and uh, Mike Pence tonight. We're here for that. But uh, there's the president said, well, they're all they're all but citizens except everything but on paper. Well, the paper is the part that actually matters, not the part that they live here, work here or go to school here. But on average, we have 255 illegal alien youths who are taken into custody of the Office of Refugee Resettlement every single day this month, according to the latest figures that the agency provided to Congress. It is the largest number of illegal alien children ever in the care of the federal government. Now, to pay for this, that means you, the hardworking men and women of America, to pay for all this, the agency says they will need an additional $1 or $2 billion for next year above and beyond the $1.2 billion that we already spent this year and what is proposed for 2017. So this is real money. Now, we've talked about in in the past American taxpayers, the impact on our criminal justice system, our health care system. We know there's competition for jobs and our educational system. It's enormous. We're paying trillions of dollars a year because some people don't want to respect American law and American sovereignty. And it's costing you, the American taxpayers, a fortune. Now, the Secretary of Department of Health and Human Services, where, you know, a lot of this resides, they're diverting $167 million from other programs now to cover the cost of services 
for these new illegal arrivals through December 9th. And there's a lot of talk now that President Obama on the way out the door. Remember, the power of the pardon is is absolute. If he wants to pardon every illegal immigrant, he could probably do it. I mean, he's been lawless up to this point. He's not respected the rule of law, constitution of the country. I mean, he even himself said he didn't have the right through executive fiat to just write laws like he did with executive amnesty, but he ended up doing it anyway. He didn't care what Congress thought, doesn't care what the law says. Doesn't seem to care what the Constitution says. Anyway, Jessica Vaughn is with us, Director of Policy Studies at the Center for Immigration Studies. Terry Jeffrey, a friend of the program, Editor-in-Chief, CNS News. Welcome both of you back to the uh, program. Uh, Jessica, talk about these numbers. Well, there are a couple of things that were striking in this information, and one is that this border surge of illegal alien use is getting worse and worse by the week and yet nothing is being done to slow it down. And the result is that the government agency that is being told to provide shelter and schooling and recreation and health care for these new arrivals before it turns them over to their family members who are also here illegally usually, is, is having to raid other government programs to pay for all this. And as you said, the the numbers we're talking about are enormous. It's costing uh, over a billion dollars a year. And so now they're having to scramble to find this money because the Obama administration is doing nothing to slow down this influx. And we're talking about cutting um, mental health and substance abuse programs, um, HIV AIDS funds, the Centers for Disease Control, right when we were trying to deal with Zika virus, the National Institutes of Health that does research on cancer and so many other diseases that afflict our population, uh, to pay for this sheltering of illegal alien arrivals uh, because the president can't bring himself to enforce the law. To me, it's Sean, pretty simple. Yeah. Terry, go ahead. Well, Sean, what I was going to say is I think one of the reasons for the surge in unaccompanied children trying to get across our border is because they know that President Obama and his administration has not secured the border, has not enforced the law, will not enforce the law once they get inside the country, and they believe that President Trump will secure the border and will enforce the law. And I, I think essentially what the United States has done up to now is it's like we've created a moral hazard like an unfenced swimming pool. If there's some guy who has a big pool in his backyard and he doesn't fence it and there's a lot of kids in the neighborhood, someone might wander in there and drown. And what the United States is saying is we have this big, beautiful, affluent country, and because we're not going to build a wall and we're not going to secure our border, if you go across that desert with alien smugglers and you get here, we're going to let you swim in our pool. And because of that, kids are dying in the desert, and then Americans have to pay taxes that they could be spending to raise their own kids in order to subsidize the existence of these people who are completely, absolutely taken care of by the federal government once they get here. You know, I think that's the problem. The local government is, is horrible as well. The communities that have had to accommodate these new arrivals of kids are also spending millions and millions that they badly need for other programs to provide schooling and health care and other services to them. Uh, cities near where I live are having to 
cut policing programs, fire department programs, and services for American citizens and legal immigrants just to accommodate this. And, of course, it, it turns out that not all of them are just, you know, young children hoping to be reunited with their parents. Uh, we're seeing a resurgence in gang activity as well because not only are legal alien parents taking advantage of the lax policies, MS-13 and other criminal organizations are are seeing the green light also, and and that is causing huge problems. It's causing you know, murders I, and and other problems but, but, in our communities. You know, some people are out there. I remember an interview that Jeb Bush did before the election. He's never going to build that wall, and I'm like, well. I kind of believe he's gonna, and if he doesn't, he'll never get reelected. I mean, this is a primary promise that he's made, and with a Republican Congress, I, my attitude is they better get it done. That's what they were hired to do. Sean, right. he, he will build it, and it, it, it's necessary to build it. You know, but I think pressure needs to be put on the Republicans in Congress. Years ago, they passed the Secure Fence Act. It had specific areas of the border. They were going to build a double fence, roads, have sensors that really, truly would have secured those parts of the border where they built it. But a year after they got that into legislation, they gutted it with language in a CR that said that the president gave the president the discretion to decide on the architecture and the location. There needs to be pressure on the Republican Congress to do what President Trump has said he intends to do, and that is to build structures at the border that not only stop illegal immigration, but tell people all around the world, don't come here because you're not getting across our border. Well, to me, are you concerned at all in the 60 Minutes interview? Because I wasn't when Trump said, yeah, I'm building the wall, but yeah, some of it might be a fence. But he's kind of said that from the beginning, what parts need to be walled off are going to be walled off and whatever other technologies he's going to use in different parts. He was very clear in numerous interviews with me that it wasn't going to be the entire southern border, but a good part of it, and especially the high-trafficked areas that matter the most. You know, you know, that's right. And anybody who's base- talked to the Border Patrol or others uh, about this knows that that's the case, that there, there's no one-size-fits-all along the border because the geography is very different. In some places, a wall is needed. In other places, fencing will work. Uh, but we need more barriers, physical barriers, where they can be patrolled. Uh, and get better operational control of the border so, you know, not so many people are able to get past. But equally important, we need policies so that those who do get across are not going to be able to stay here indefinitely, that there's some um, chance of enforcement in the interior of the country as well. And, And that's what I think a Trump administration will pick up on, because that is the aspect of enforcement that's been most dismantled by the Obama administration. Sean, I, I think, you know, Americans know if they tried to sneak into an NFL football game or a Major League Baseball game, there would be a fence or a wall that stopped them. may not be the same architecture everywhere, but you're not going to get into a New York Jets game for free without somebody stopping you. If we can do that at a football game, we can do that at our border. And it's not the architecture that matters. We can figure out the exact structures and the exact resources that have to be put at each part of the border to make it secure. What really matters is the will. I believe Donald Trump has the will. He's got to instill that will in the Republican Congress. And the American people are going to need to help him do that. But then let's secure the border and then let's enforce the law within our country. I don't think and it's I hope really he that hard. A choice for DHS secretary also, who will be willing to carry that out, rather than someone who has gone along with uh, the Obama administration and and you know not taken strong action at the border. 
That's mm-hmm. a crit- critical pick that he needs to make to set the tone. Agreed. All right, we're going to leave it there. Guys, thank you both for being with us. Jessica Vaughn, thank you. And Terry Jeffrey, we appreciate your time as always. All right, let's get back to our phones. We're in Cincinnati. This thank you tour of Donald Trump and Mike Pence tonight. I heard tickets sold out in, well, I don't think they sold. Tickets were given out within five minutes. The entire arena is going to be packed. I bet it's going to be a raucous rock party tonight, and we're going to be right in the middle of it and have a lot of fun on Hannity, 10 Eastern, tonight on the Fox News Channel. Well, that's my job. My job is to bring you into the environment so you can, for those of you that were sweating the days, weeks, months leading up to this election, oh, man, can he do it? I don't know. Was he going to win? Oh, he's got, how's he going to pull this off? Well, I just tried to be realistic with you. I always said very doable, but also very tough. And it was tough. I mean, he won by, what, 11,000, a little, little under 11,000 in Michigan, about 24,000 or 25,000 in Wisconsin, 70,000 in Pennsylvania. And uh, one of the things that I think he did, he may forever have changed the way elections are run and campaigns are run. Peggy is in Oregon. Peggy, hi. How are you? We're glad you called. Hi, Sean. I just want to say that I live close to the horrible city of Portland, Oregon, and I don't want our whole state judged by uh, that liberal city. where We would be a red state if it weren't for a couple of cities here. But the protests are absolutely incredible. They're not protests, they're riots, and they're burning the flag, and they're, they're, not, they're blocking freeways. It's, it's absolutely incredible. And what my point is, and I can't believe that nobody is talking about this, we cannot celebrate making history. We made history electing a non-politician for president of the United States. We made history electing a black president, and we had parades, and it was all over the TV. And can you imagine the celebration no. of a first woman president of Hillary Clinton? People, it would be all over the TV. We can't celebrate because we're in fear of getting our car windows bashed in. We can't even put a Trump sticker Listen, on our listen. Car. If there's uh, this is my advice to anybody, and I appreciate your call. Any threat of violence by anybody anywhere, you need to bring in law enforcement and take any threat seriously. That's my advice. All right, we've got to take a quick break. We'll come back. 800-941-SHAWN. You want to be a part of the program. We'll get to more of your calls as we continue. We're in Cincinnati. The president-elect, Donald Trump, vice president-elect, Mike Pence, and the first stop, well, really the second stop, because they were in Indiana earlier today, of their Thank You America tour. And uh, we'll bring that to you live tonight on Hannity, 10 Eastern on the Fox News Channel. Will Donald Trump be our next president? <laughs> if that mother becomes president, I move my black to South Africa. Trump rent win, I'm moving to Africa. You move to Put Africa? Full yeah. screen up right now. <laughs> okay. If he want to build a wall to keep Mexicans out, I know what he feel about it. If any Republican gets nominated, I'm going to move to Canada with my entire family. I already have my ticket. So, no, I, I literally bought my ticket. I You're swear. You're not a citizen, you know, of Canada. It's okay. I'll make it. I'll make it. I'll okay. figure that out. If Donald Trump is the uh, nominee, I'm open to support anyone while I'm also reserving my uh, res- my uh, ticket to get out of here if he wins. 
only because he probably had me deported anyway. I know everyone's always idly threatening this, but I'm 100% moving to Canada. I love Canada. I think that it's a great place, and there's an area in Vancouver that I find beautiful and appealing, and I can conduct business from there. Brian, if he does win, do you fancy an extended vacation to Vancouver? <laughs> it wouldn't be a vacation. I would, I, I'd be an expatriate. Uh, uh, Come and join absolutely. me. Uh, I would I would definitely move. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. Welcome aboard Trump Flight 1600 with nonstop service to Canada. We'd like to welcome all our celebrity defectors, and uh, we'll get you out of America just as soon as the tower clears us for takeoff. Once we reach our cruising altitude, flight attendants will pass through the cabin, collecting your U.S. citizenship renouncement forms and serving complimentary beverages and disposable crying towels. Once we reach the drop zone, you'll be guided to the exit ramp at the rear of the plane, where you'll take a crash course on parachute folding and be jettisoned shortly thereafter. We'd like to thank you for choosing Trump Airlines and hope you have a soft landing. Bye-bye. Last week, he confirmed to the National Review that he is again considering a run in 2016. Do it. Do it. Look at me. Do it. I will personally write you a campaign check now on behalf of this country, which does not want you to be president, but which badly wants you to run. Donald Trump has been saying that he will run for president as a Republican, which is surprising since I just assumed he was running as a joke. Is that people think that Donald Trump is a clown. D Donald, Donald Trump is a clown. I mean, does anybody seriously think that Donald Trump is serious about running for president? Donald Trump, you know, he's a clown. Which Republican candidate has the best chance of winning the general election? Of the declared ones right now, Donald Trump. <laughs> President Obama will go down as perhaps the worst president in the history of the United States, exclamation point, at real Donald Trump. Well, at real Donald Trump, at least I will go down as a president. So basically, this is the beginning of the end for Trump. The beginning of the end. The beginning of the end? This is probably starting of the beginning of the end for, for Donald Trump. Donald, uh, you're not going to be able to insult your way to the presidency. The strongest person usually isn't the loudest one in the room. So right now we have Hillary's about a 75 or an 80 percent favorite. We have different versions yeah, of the forecast you can look at. Poll has Hillary Clinton up by double digits nationally, 12 points, 50 to 38, four-way race. Clinton leading in Florida, Clinton leading in North Carolina, Clinton leading in Ohio, Clinton leading in Nevada. I could go on and on and on. Uh, I continue to believe Mr. Trump will not be president. And so, right now, Mr. Trump, to answer your call for political honesty, I just want to say, you're not going to be president, all right? It's been fun. It's been great. I love you. But, but, but come on, come on, buddy. We have a major projection right now. Donald Trump will take Ohio. That's it. I project Donald Trump will carry the state of Florida. Huge win for Donald Trump. Donald Trump, while we project, will win in Kentucky, in Indiana, with its 11 electoral votes. West Virginia, Florida, Tennessee, Mississippi, South Carolina, Alabama, North Dakota, uh, with its three electoral votes, and South Dakota, Texas, Arkansas, Louisiana, 
the state of Montana, of North Carolina, Georgia, Iowa, Utah, Wisconsin, Arizona, Kansas, with its six electoral votes, Nebraska with its five electoral votes, and Wyoming with its three electoral votes. Sorry to keep you waiting, complicated business. A lot of people have laughed at me over the years. Now they're not laughing so much, I'll tell you. All right, 23 till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN is on number We're in Cincinnati in the great swing state of Ohio where a president-elect, Donald Trump, vice president-elect Mike Pence are on the, well, I guess second leg of their victory tour, having stopped by carrier air conditioners in Indiana earlier today and really looking forward to going down. There's 20-plus thousand people, and tickets were gone in like five minutes. It's going to be amazing, and we're going to be in we're going to be right inside there. Bill Cunningham, who was with us earlier today, he's going to uh, stop by tonight. And we're going to have Donald Trump hopefully uh, stop and talk to us, which we uh, hopefully have arranged. And that's all done. And have a good time and say, hold- I haven't talked to him on air since the election. And we'll get to congratulate him and see. Uh, I, listen, you know, for all the people complaining about the carrier thing, why would you complain? How would you feel if it was your job? Why don't you just put it? Why don't you look at that simple issue from that prism? Because I don't think that's hard to relate to, is it? Anyway, the Michigan GOP, they're getting pissed off. They're alleging Hillary is illegally bankrolling the Jill Stein recount. Wisconsin Republican Party saying that Green Party presidential candidate Jill Stein's recount effort in Wisconsin amounts to illegal coordination with Democrat Hillary Clinton. Of course they colluded. Do you have any doubt they didn't collude? Anyway, it's great to be back in Ohio. Uh, Mackenzie is here next. Uh, Mackenzie on 55 KRC and 550 stations nationwide. How are you? And uh, by the way, we're so sorry what happened at Ohio State the other day. And uh, oh, thanks thank for you. being with us. How are you? Good. Thank you for having me. Um, I wanted to say welcome to Ohio first off. Well, after the election, um, my professors went crazy. And I remember calling my mom saying, you would have think Hitler just got elected and massacred half the country. It was ridiculous. Trump was called a Nazi, a rapist, a white supremacist. Um, One of my professors actually said we should be terrified because Mike Pence believes women don't have the right to exist or deserve to exist is actually what she said. Um, People were crying. My classes were canceled. Um, Massive protests on campus. I mean, it was crazy. Emails from professors about staying strong. And how we're all going to lose our rights, but it's going to be okay. And it was crazy. I couldn't believe it. You know, it's just um, pure hysteria. By the way, that hysteria, you mark my words, is going to turn into liberal angst and anger. And they're yep. going to be mm-hmm. so, so angry at the end of the day. I promise you. Mm-hmm. And now, um, after this terrorist attack, I've truly learned that the left is more scared of conservatism and Trump and Republicans than they are of ISIS and terrorists. Because after this terror attack, um, I haven't heard anything about, you know, we're praying for the victims or this and that. I've heard things about how we need to understand Islam, the vibrant Somali community we have here, how we need to embrace them, even though this is the third attack by a Somali in the last year here in Columbus. Um, And all of stuff about, you know, Muslim sensitivity, and that's all they care about. And they're more scared of the right and Trump than they are of this terrorist attack that just happened on our campus. And it's sickening to me because I, I feel like they're gambling with my life um, in order to reach this multiculturalism lie that they worship in all of my classes, and it's crazy. 
Well, I've said this. I've said this many, many times on the program before. And what's really funny about it is, you know, all of our top national security people, our FBI director, our CIA director, our assistant FBI director, our national director of intelligence, our House Homeland Security chairman, the special envoy to defeat ISIS. They all said that these refugees are going to come into the country and some of them are going to be trained by ISIS and ISIS will infiltrate the population. Now, in Mm -hmm. WikiLeaks, we discovered that Hillary said there's no way to vet them. But publicly, she was willing to have a 550 percent increase, you know, espousing the same PC line that you say you're hearing on Ohio State University campus. So that tells me that the words you used are exactly accurate, that they were willing to gamble with your life. But how let me ask you a question. How old are you? I'm 19 years old. All right. You're 19 years old. My son is 18. I'm going to give you the same advice Mm -hmm. I give to my son. And that is you go to school and. Look, you're going to meet people that disagree with you, that try and Mm -hmm. even belittle the the views and the values that you have, and you've got to learn to stand strong as an individual. Now, you might find yourself in a a situation in a class where uh, a professor is more interested in indoctrinating you than actually teaching you something or letting you learn a thing for yourself. You have two Mm -hmm. choices. You can either just regurgitate back what they want, get your A, and move on to get your master's or your law degree or your medical degree, whatever, or you can mm-hmm. fight them, but if you do, expect that you're going to probably be punished with a lower grade. And there's no, mm-hmm. no shame in either one of those choices. But my other advice for you, Mackenzie, I don't know what you like to do, but whatever you mm-hmm. like to do, that's what you should do for a living. You know, I'm looking at a, mm-hmm. a big TV executive right now in the other room who's a friend of mine. I won't say who he works for, but mm-hmm. this is a guy that started right here in Cincinnati as – a a guy that was working on a local rock station, and then he got in trouble because he would listen to Rush Limbaugh while he was at a rock radio remote, and Sean Compton, who's his name, sorry, busted you, <laughs> he now heads Tribune. But he, as a kid, he followed his heart and his, go- his dream and his desires in life, and look at him now. He's a big TV executive. He won't even say hello to me on a daily basis. He just walks right by. Uh, well, anyway, so find something you love, McKenzie. And you know what? If it's politics, go run for office. If it's radio or TV, go get yourself behind a mic or in front of a camera and have fun, okay? Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Sean. All right. God bless you. And what it would be like to be 19 again, sweet baby James. Uh, Fort Myers, Florida, Fox News Radio 92.5. And Bill is standing by. What's up, Bill? Hi. How are you? Glad you called. Good morning, Sean, or good afternoon to you. I'm calling to you from sunny southwest Florida in Fort Myers, and I kind of wanted to give you a, a ground-level view of what the Trump presidency will mean for us. We're a, a small family-owned business. We've got about 70-some-odd employees, but we've decided to buy into his plan, and we are going to uh, build a brand-new state-of-the-art glass manufacturing plant here in Fort Myers. Uh, we want to be one of the biggest employers in southwest Florida. That's but awesome. With his plan, I think uh, not only is it happy that, that uh, Carrier has decided to stay, but also I'm hoping that his whole philosophy is going to help grow small business by tax cuts and creating jobs. And I want well, to let we know you what his know plan is because of your support, yeah. support of Governor Scott here, that we've decided to buy in and spend uh, a few million dollars to put up this and and be a, a good employer and be a good uh, 
how many uh, how many jobs obviously putting the construction costs aside which are going to be plentiful for people to build such a facility but how many full-time workers do you think you ultimately will have working at that plant ultimately when we get to the level of doing two shifts we could get to 120 to 130 we've got multiple locations now we're going to be able to consolidate and and grow from there will be more efficient and then bring on more uh, more help that, and these that's are not awesome. low-paying jobs as well. These are these are good-paying jobs. Well, first of all, one day I'll stop by. You know, my my second home is in Southwest Florida, but I never get there. I'm, uh, it's my dream home, you know. And if God like gives me a couple of weeks before I die, you know, everybody that works in radio they always work till like the day before they die. Yeah. And um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go down there and uh, maybe I'll see it. One day, maybe next year you'll have it up and running, and I'd love to go see your plant. Well, I'm and giving th- you an inv- invitation to either the groundbreaking or the grand opening. Maybe you can bring along President Trump, and we'll have Governor Scott join us as yeah. well, who's been extremely supportive of business in Southwest Scott, Florida. Listen, Governor Scott, there was a reason that Governor Scott and Governor Walker and Governor Perry and, and Bobby Jindal, they were always in my studio in New York, and I'm like, what are you guys doing here? And they don't say the same thing. Oh, uh, we're here to, to poach jobs from New York and New Jersey, and we're incentivizing companies that we have a better business environment in Florida, Louisiana, and Texas. And you know what? They were all successful in that endeavor. Pretty amazing. But listen, I love what you're doing. Thank you so much. We really appreciate um, your investment, your trust. And now it's a matter of pressuring Republicans that have weak spines and weak knees in Washington to do their job. All right, Bill, God bless you and uh, appreciate what you're doing. And I hope your business is a huge success. You know, I, I was a small business owner for a time. I was a contractor. And it's not easy being a small business owner. I can tell you that. You know, since 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been committed to supporting our nation's first responders and veterans. Now, they are the heroes that put their lives on the line for our communities and our country. Heroes like U.S. Army Major Jonathan Turnbull. Now, Major Turnbull sustained devastating injuries at the hands of an ISIS suicide bomber. Now, the complete loss of his left eye, a puncture to his right eye. He needed more than 20 surgeries and countless hours of rehabilitation. Tunnel to Towers thankfully paid off his mortgage, and they gave him a specially adapted smart home designed for his needs. His home also gives him hope. And with the help of people like you, the foundation supports families like the Turnbulls. Join Tunnel to Towers. This is a great mission. They support America's heroes. They're hoping all of us will donate $11 a month so this great work continues. Their website, the letter T, the number two, the letter T.org. The letter T, the number two, the letter T.org. The letter T, the number two, the letter T.org for the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Hey, if you want a firearm that is easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from our friends at Henry Repeating Arms. Now, it is a portable rifle that you can put together, take apart in just minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case that it comes in. It's so small, you can store it pretty much anywhere. And it's light enough to carry everywhere. Now, it comes in black and two different camo patterns. And you can pick one up for three to four hundred bucks, depending on the finish. Check out their videos. Go to their website. It's one word, henryusa.com slash survival. And while you're there, make sure you order their free catalog. Now, Henry makes more than 200 rifles and shotguns and revolvers, all made in America, all backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website, henryusa.com. Get their free catalog. They'll send you free decals and a list of dealers where you are. That's henryusa.com, free catalog decals, 
for the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And for a limited time, get more fun for less with the Michigan Bundle for just $49.99. Exclusive to Michigan residents only. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. 